Welcome in everybody to OIT's Talking Stick Podcast. So as you know, my name is Johnny and this is Yendi and we have a special guest going all the way down to South America, which is pretty cool. From Colombia. Yeah. Colombia. Um, today we have Laurita. Um, so like I said, she is a Colombian. She's the owner and founder of Pulasu Artisan Boutique. And I'm pretty excited about this. So like she, she uh, uh, supports artisan in Colombia that do bags or earrings. And um, she also explains each design, what they mean, what um, community, tribe they're coming from. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, before we get to that, I want to show you guys the new things that I made. I finally, did I mention this on the last podcast about doing bucket hats? Yeah, okay. but we've been wearing them all week. So you guys, <laughs> I've been the guinea pig in all this situation. <laughs> For you XL head people. We did an extra large. And caps on size 8 or 758. Yeah, and they're reversible. Um, <laughs> we have like this style that has everything on there. And then the one that I'm wearing, which is adult slash teen. Uh, it's also reversible. And this one's like a little bit less fabric. Like random fabric. Um, Again, I repurposed extra small pieces of fabrics that I had from um, other projects, and I made bucket hats, and they're available on our website, oitclothing.com. Make sure you use Talking Stick yeah, for the discount stick. code. 10% uh, off. 10% off. Um, so yeah, go ahead and get get yours before they sell out. So um, get out of here so she can stop putting them on me. <laughs> 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 and then we have the... Nice dress. Oh, yeah. We released the dress. A lot of compliments on it. We got the tag on it, too. It's called Sun Arrow. Sun Arrow. Pretty cool. I designed it. Mm -hmm. So, I guess I'm a dress designer now. Yeah. Jeez, man. It's a stretchy fabric. Designer meaning the deal. The print. pattern, the print. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Then try that on. <laughs> you have to. If you design it, you have to wear it. Okay, let's see. Yeah, she's, she's on, on there. there. So let's get this going. Okay, Larita, we're going to uh, request you. We're going to invite you in. You'll have to accept it, and then it'll come. Two, one, go. <clears throat> okay. While we're waiting. um, So we've just been busy uh, trying to finish the bucket hats. Uh, <clears throat> I was trying to sew that in between getting orders, custom orders, and yeah, just been really busy. Because with the kids as well. I'm trying to get over here. Hi. Hi. I'm Hello. so excited. Me too. <laughs> How are um, you? Hey, good, good. A little nervous, but it's okay. It's normal. I was just telling him, I said, it's just like if we were to be interviewed, like we would be nervous. And he's all like, but I know to him, he's just like, nah, I'll just do it, blah, blah, blah. But it's like natural to him. But yeah, I was like, natural, I, would be nervous. I would be nervous if somebody interviewed me. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but yeah, hopefully our, our, our chat from yesterday helped ease you up, calm things down. But um, so yeah, so let's get started. Yep. Okay. Um, everybody, I'm Yendi. I'm Kachikel Maya on my mom's side. I'm Mexican on my dad's side. I'm Johnny Nito from the Tule River Tribe out here in California. USA, gotta say that for you. <laughs> <laughs> and 
our guest today is Laurita. Go ahead, you can introduce yourself. All right, cool. My name is Laura, but anybody can call me Laurita. And I am from the beautiful mountains of Antioquia, Colombia, which I am right now, I'm here right now, you know, and uh, visiting family members, you know, getting to know the culture a little bit more. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> She's the founder and owner of Pulasu. That's right. I'm the <laughs> which is an artisan boutique that focuses on uh, empowering indigenous artisans from Colombia, from communities, Misak, Inga, Wayu, and Embera Chami. So as you can see right here, this is some of their work that I have on right now. And uh, so, yeah, that's yeah, it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, lead on. And okay. All right. Um, so yeah, so guys, like she mentioned, um, she does support um, indigenous people that create bags and earrings. And you know, it's more than just that what they're making, they also have their story behind it. Each uh, design has a story, a definition, and she explains that on her Instagram, TikTok, which you guys can find her under Pulasu Co. Or is it Pulasu? Pulasu <coughs> P-U-L-A-S-U-C-O. For those of you that look that want to look her up, please follow her because she really puts uh, really good content out there because she explains each bag, each story. Um, you could probably, I'm sure you'll explain some of those or share share some stories about that, but it's pretty cool. Um, some of us main, well, I'm sure a lot of indigenous people out there, um, you know, you have your stories for each thing that you create or make, um, but it's pretty nice to hear it from Colombia, like what their stories are, what their um, designs look like. It's pretty cool. Um, do you want to share some with us? Yeah, sure. So um, I focus more on uh, the ancestral techniques that these indigenous communities use because I feel like, you know, some people might look at a bag and be like, oh, that's really pretty. And that's pretty much it, you know? They don't look beyond the technique or the history behind this kind of change the way people look at artesanías, which is that one problem pronounce. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see, what else? So, uh, like I said, I work with four indigenous communities in Colombia, all in their own different region. Uh, YU, which these beautiful hand-woven bags. This goes back almost 10,000 years. Damn, 10,000. The designs go back a really long time. Each design rounded animals, plants, you know, what kind of tools they use. The list goes on. So it's really mm -hmm. cool getting to know all of these designs one by one what they mean, why they're so important. What else? What else? I couldn't off a little bit. Um, I hope um, those that are listening in or that are on the live, let me know if you guys could hear her. I don't know if it's just between you and me. Or, um, yeah, just let me know because we might just repeat some of those things. But, um, she, yeah, I couldn't hear you right now. Um, and how long do the bags take to do? Like, I know they vary. What's the average mm -hmm. time? Average time, it's a little tricky to say. It depends on the artisan, if they're a oh, master okay. 
or if they're just starting out. So oh, okay. A bag takes about two weeks to make. Oh wow. There's also two kind of bags. There's one with uh it's called one thread and a two thread bag. A one thread is more detailed, it's gonna take longer to make. And a two thread is gonna take less time. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, they love it's a labor of uh intention. They weave just to weave, they weave with good intentions, they weave part of their story, they weave part of their reality bag. So that's why we re really don't rush these artisans when they're making, you know, their, because, you know, they're putting something of them into it. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And each one is unique. Um, yeah. And mm -hmm. I try to stick with the unique uh, bag. So you'll only find one bag on the website of each design because oh, you know cool. that's yeah that's cool and um they you also wanted to uh you state this on your on your website and on your social media that it's a fair trade you you pay them even above the market of right. what they're do you want to speak on that as well yes so like part of being fair trade is making sure that the person you're working with is getting a, a fair price that economically uh, supports them. Whether it's economically supporting their education, the food that they put on their table, uh, and just their community and family. So we pay our artisans above market price for everything. Uh, for example, the bags are above 5% uh, above market price to ensure that, uh, you know, they're getting paid for what they've made, you know, because it's not just a two hour job. It's a two to three week, you know, job that takes a lot of time, a lot of uh, care. And plus, these women have babies and families that they have to take care of in the meantime. Mm -hmm. uh, we also don't negotiate prices with our artisans. Uh, you know, they give us a price and we go with it. We don't ask for deductions. We don't ask for discounts. We just kind of go with the flow and respect their their work. Yeah, respect them as the designers, the creators of it. Um, giving them the value that they deserve, that they earn. I mean, yeah, earn and deserve. Um, because like you said, they're being handmade. Each one is unique and they have a family. And why should we lower the price on them go lower it with like those fashion those high uh like good well can i say the brand names no wrong okay sense. i wasn't gonna say the brand <laughs> names but like the big corporations go ask them for a discount not the ones that are back there like working <laughs> hours while still trying to raise the kids um let me see uh what about the earrings that you're wearing those are beautiful so these earrings are made by inga artisans in Putumayo, Colombia. They live more in the part of Colombia, right yeah. up the of the Amazonia, uh, and okay. do beautiful beadwork. And they also weave really pretty stuff too, but we're kind of just doing earrings at the moment with them. So like I said, each piece that I have on the website means something and has a specific uh, symbology story to it. 
So for example, these earrings, people might look at it and be like, oh, they're so pretty and long and it, that's it. But uh, this design that you see right here is the womb of a woman, the birth canal where she creates life, uh, which is an important factor to these Inga women um, as the sole providers of their family. So you'll see designs like that. Uh, these are also made by Inga artisans. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty neat about um, symbols and what they mean and what the colors mean and oh, yeah. the history that goes back a long time. So, yeah. so, you, so you sit there and have a conversation with them and you learn about it before you put it out there and so also to connect with them. For sure. That's one of the important things about uh, this brand is to have a good relationship with these artisans and these communities because we want to, uh, what's the word? We want to expand, you know, our network and reach out to more of these communities. So yeah, having a relationship with these people is really, really important. Um, That's good. And that also helps with putting in that energy into into their bags or their earrings or bracelets because that would transfer on to you and then to the customer. And that's that's really cool. That's good. Um, we need more people like you out there. Because I know there's a lot of hard workers out there and putting their time and energy, just like you said, into all these items and to feel appreciated, giving them the fair pricing that they deserve. That's, that's more than, I mean, that's beautiful, especially with the pandemic going on right now. I'm sure that there's a lot of them that are struggling out there. Um, we'll get into we'll get into that subject about what's going on over there as well with the government. Um, hopefully, they don't cut us off like they did last time when we were talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 um, okay, let me see. Um, do you mind sharing how you found the families or like the artists? For sure. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So pretty much I started this business in the United States. Um, I live in the Appalachia region in South Carolina. So it was kind of tricky being all the way there and finally oh. here. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So that's where my boyfriend comes in. And he, since he's here, he's the one that started all the networks and talking to people, talking to independent artisans and families. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, you know, so that's how we pretty much uh, found the artisans. And some of the artisans work here on the street, uh, beading, uh, selling their stuff on the market places around here. So we also got into contact with them and you know, started supporting them that way. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I know you shared this uh, yesterday with me, but the... Uh, uh, these people that are selling it, I, I'm struggling with that word artisan. <laughs> uh, you mentioned, you know, they have to travel from their small communities into the city because, you know, there's more tourists or more, more people in the, in the city. And so that also takes on them. I don't know. I'm sure they have to travel for like an hour or two to get there and then yeah. transportation or do they, are they walking? Is it bicycles or bus? Um, I'm sure everybody has a different story, but... Um... Yeah, a good example of that is the Embera Chami community. Um, 
they have a lot of problems with their community and the government not supporting them financially, financially, economically, education-wise. It's just a bunch of problems. So they don't really have to leave their community. They have to move out of their community oh, in order wow. to support themselves. So that's why on the street, he, streets here in Medellin, you'll see a lot of Embera uh, Chami women and men selling their stuff. Oh. So we also, in the future, once we start growing more, we'd like for the communities to stay in their community and become oh. where their ancestral lands are, you know. Mm -hmm. But we'll still keep supporting the local artisans here in the city also, you know. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool, yeah. So goals, goals that you will meet and then um, help support everybody out there or as many as you can. Um, but... Um, I'm sure your business will grow. And you said you just started it in February? Am I right? Yeah. Congrats. I mean, you're really getting out there. And like, I mean, of course, everything that you're doing, how you're like educating it and putting it out there, it's really good. Um, let me see. We explained the bags, the earrings, okay, stories. Um, How has it been, how, how, um, it, we, let's speak more about, um, how the people over there have been affected by the pandemic. So, um, pandemic. Okay. So when the pandemic started here, a lot of people were shut in their houses and they could not leave or else you would get a multa, which is pretty much a ticket. Like a oh. Yeah, like a fine. Exactly. Like a ticket fine and like triple the the income, the monthly income uh, that make here. So because of that fear, a lot of people had to stay in and they couldn't work. Uh, we also had people putting red flags uh, in their houses, on their apartment to signal that they didn't have food, they didn't have basic necessities and for, you know, community groups and government groups to come in and you know provide something for them so i'd say that the pandemic hit colombia really really hard and because of that the president started a tax raise proposal which then started the protests that you hear about sos colombia and all that stuff and that's also you know we can speak on that you can go ahead and just share some stories or what's been going on to educate sure. us and also with the pandemic vaccines aren't rolling out really fast uh, hospitals being uh, fully fully what's it called uh, like you guys haven't done it I mean like it's not like it is here like where mostly everybody has it and oh I don't know what's the word full capacity like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, so we had a lot of issues. We still have, we're still having a lot of issues here. Uh, so then that all started at Paro Nacional plus a bunch of uh, things that have, that have been going on with our, within our government for, for 70 plus years. So the people were pretty much fed up like, hey, you're, you're targeting middle class and low class folks here who can't even afford basic necessities and you want to raise taxes on it. And so, yeah, we've been having protests here for almost two months now. Um, 
yes, two months. And they've been very violent in some regions of Colombia. Uh, police are, I don't want to say the word because I don't want to yeah. answered on here, but uh -huh. been very violent uh, in many different ways uh, for peacefully protesting. People are being silenced. People are being, um, what's that word, censored on social media for talking about it. So yeah, it's been pretty tough. Uh, it's been pretty tough times here recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know I was seeing some of the stuff. You guys could find that or um, if you want to learn more about it. Um, do you have more on TikTok than on Instagram or is it only on TikTok? When I'm talking about El Paro, I usually talk more about it on TikTok because I can reach more people that way. Okay. All the videos, all of me explaining uh, government abuse and all that stuff is on on my TikTok. <laughs> and you can find her again under uh, Pulasu C-O. P-U-L-A-S-U-C-O. And um, do you have any questions like so far before I keep going down? Yeah, why are your bags so cheap for $52? <laughs> Those should be like 80 to 120 range. Uh. <laughs> Part of what we like to do is keep, keep uh, so people can afford these bags and uh -huh. but still making sure that the artisans are getting paid fairly because you'll see some of these bags going for $250. Exactly. exactly. So, wow. The artisan, not a fair price. And mm -hmm. so there's a majority of that money. And mm -hmm. I really don't want to seem like I'm trying to rob people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm just like, wow. They're very, very nice. And they look like they're very good quality, too. Yes. We stick to unique designs, mm -hmm. prices for both parties. Um, <laughs> he's showing a few on here from his laptop. Two dollars. Make sure you guys check her out. They're really, really nice. But um, but so he's be, trying to say, uh huh. Oh, sorry. To be fair, those are the mini ones. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. They're still cute though. They're they're really, really nice. But what he's trying to say is that they're so nice, good quality that you should maybe raise the price a little bit. But it's your business. It's her business. Let her. You yeah. know what you're I'm doing. Just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, they're, they're too nice. <laughs> and here's the big ones, I guess. Right? Correct? Yeah. Those are 80. For now, let me show them longer. Ooh, uh. For those that are listening on the podcast, he's just showing uh, the bags from her website. And, um, Okay, let me go attend to her real quick. But um, let's share or speak on the cocoa. No, correct me. The how do you say the leaves? What was it? Coca, coca, coca. The coca leaves. I'm gonna. You talk to her. What's coca leaves? She's gonna explain it right now. Where's my coca? So, this is coca leaves. Going closer. Okay. It's the. The plant that's used to make sniff, sniff, sniff. You get what I'm saying? No, I don't know what you're saying. The white powder. I don't want to say the word because I don't want to get censored on here. Pretty much cocaine. It's that's the what I thought. I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to talk about this because this plant is very like demonized and mm -hmm. uh, it's a very sacred medicine for our people here in Colombia. 
Um, so yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about coca leaves uh, and the kind of the market uh, here in Colombia. I want to travel with this back to the States, but like they'll yeah. flag me and put me in jail if I do, which is also crazy because the United States interferes with a lot of coca leaf production uh, by uh, limiting sales, uh, legalizing just the leaf, not the white powder, and also uh, sending planes with pesticides to ruin these crops. Wow. Uh, so recently, just a few years back, Colombia gave authority to only indigenous people to start uh, cultivating coca leaves and making products out of them. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that indigenous sacred medicine and how it should be available for indigenous people without a problem. And uh, I've read about uh, sacred medicine in the native communities in the United States and they, you know in North America. Uh, what's it? It's for cocaine. So, <laughs> I said, "What is that?" And then he said that. One. <laughs> the also to using their ancestral medicine also. So I thought it'd be interesting to just mention the coca leaf. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. Um, when thinking of like, when you brought that up, I was like, so amazed at everything that you were sharing with me. And then like, that did not even cross my mind. Like, I'm sure a lot of people when they think about Colombia is that what they think of, but I was like, that didn't even cross my mind. And I was like, oh, yeah, huh, when you wanted to share that. But Thank you for sharing how it's origina originated. Yeah, yeah it <laughs> where it comes from, what it is, how it started. It's like it's medicinal, and it just happens when people abuse medicinal with like you know with all this other medicine. So thank you for sharing that. Yes, of course. That. Yeah, share it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, did you want to add in anything right now, or? Ask something. Um, I'm still going down our list of questions that we have for you, and I'm checking the comments. Okay. I just keep going, to be honest. Okay. If anybody yeah. has any questions, feel free to write them in the comments. Let's see. You have a. I think your friend is on here. Hi, Laura. I'm with mom right now. You look so pretty. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of my. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me take this down. Um, can you show us another bag, um, maybe with yeah. uh, some other designs or color? Which one's your favorite one? I know there's so many. It's already sold. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is one of my favorite ones, but also I really like this one because of the design. So it has two in uh, YU designs, which are called canas. And kanas represent uh, the daily life of a Wayu woman who are pretty much the ones that uh, weave the bags. Sometimes men will uh, jump in and do the tassels or the straps. So anyways, I wanted to share this two designs. So this is one of them right here. Mm -hmm. This right here. And then this one is another one. So. 
I kind of just want to ask, what do you guys think it, it represents? Okay. Uh, when I first saw the first designs with the black lines, I was thinking more of a snake. Okay, okay. I was thinking like stairs or something. Stairs, okay. And what about this middle one right here? No, man, this is us having to like get into like creativity and yeah. expanding our minds. Uh, I would go like I would go like fall, volcano, fire, lava, something like that. I don't know. And None the is... stairs, so that'd be cool. Like <laughs> lava, something. Nothing's coming to my mind. Like See, that's us always looking at things just because they look pretty. But when you really have to think about it, it's like, oh, I don't know, like what is it? But okay, yeah. Tell it's us. a lava mountain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this first design right here is actually the mark uh, that a kitchen utensil that they make uh, makes engraves uh, on food. Like so a... it, uh, we were so oh. close. So <laughs> that they use. And nobody would have ever guessed that, right? <laughs> no. And so this one right here actually uh, it has two designs uh, in this one design. So the first, let's separate this mm -hmm. and just one of these. It's a cow. It's, it's a what? Cow's nose. Oh. Of a cow. Mm -hmm. Cool. The snout. Yeah, exactly. The snout. Oh, the hell is that a snout? Hmm. And then uh, these right here is actually the the vagina of a donkey, which is another. <laughs> so, another... We were, so we were close. <laughs> volcano. Yeah, yeah, that's a volcano. Yeah. So they use a lot of donkeys to to ride around their rancherias, their pueblo, um, <laughs> and they live on the coast, which is oh yeah. So they're coastal people <laughs> and. Mm -hmm. So yeah, cool. that's this is one of my favorite bags, and every bottom is different. And so I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the mochila, because it's seen as a sacred body traditionally in the community. Mm -hmm. So the straps represent arms and legs. The straps. Mm -hmm. The bottom uh, is a belly button because if you look closely. You see how it starts off with a uh-huh, a belly button, and it also uh, signifies the creation of life. And then the base right here is the body of a person, and the opening is a mouth. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's pretty neat. That's why I say it's not just a bag; it's a story, it's history. Mm -hmm. it's YU culture, which is so neat to me, and I'm learning something new every single day about them. Uh, I'm trying to learn YU Nike, which is their native language, to better communicate with them when I go in like Wajira. Um, <laughs> I just like how people they buy the bag and they don't know, like mm -hmm. they're walking around with the cow snap, <laughs> snout <laughs> badge, and a donkey. <laughs> Oh man, it's like getting on those ta those tattoos and in a Japanese, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, talk about with the bags that um, a lot of people imitate them 
and sell them on the market. Cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. It's a big issue, especially within indigenous communities of ev- all over the world. You know, yeah. people appropriating their their designs, their techniques. But I'll tell you what, like, don't indigenous people do it. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that's just a fact, you know. They, they were born with these uh, ancestral uh, techniques and Way to create things, make things naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you might and, see uh-huh. market that are fake, and that's why everybody should do some more research and what they're buying and, and all that stuff. What were you going to ask? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but the quality, <laughs> that's going to be a major difference right there, too, when you're buying it from a major company versus a small a small business that's working with the artisans directly with them and coming from the homelands too. Um, man, you guys gotta check her out. Her things are so nice. They're so it's so beautiful and so meaning. Like there's more. There's a story behind everything. I think it's so cool. Um, I forgot what I was gonna ask, but um, let me see. Uh, where do you see Ulasu like in the future? Hmm. I have a couple of goals and ideas of where I would like to see Pulasu and the whole family of artisans in the future. Uh, I would like to uh, work with more indigenous uh, communities mm-hmm. and expand to just not only the four that I'm with right now, but maybe five or six uh, and talk about their history and tell their, let them tell their story too, you know? Uh, and I also would like to to work with a group of artisans, a family of artisans, uh, to make more bags. You know, I'm just starting out, so I only work with a family of YU artisans, two families. But I'd like to expand that to maybe even six mm-hmm. and do wholesale and yeah. all that. Stuff. And also, I I work with plants. I, oh plant medicine, Ooh. Mm-hmm. I I do serums, I do tinctures, and all that stuff. So I would really like to um, add that on. Or Colombia, we're known for our flowers, we're known for our fauna, uh, our flora, and all that stuff. So I'd really like to get to know more Colombian plants and work with those and even maybe work with indigenous people that use these plants and get together and you know make another brand but solely just plant medicine you know so that's probably see in the future that's cool no bad juju okay guys but i hope you're you know it happens for you um it will happen it will it will it will happen you know like when people give you like like the jealous people and then like your stuff don't happen or come true Mm -hmm. because you spoke on it and then i don't know people are are sending that bad vibe and then something happens that you vibe check (laughs) um yeah that's what i was gonna say but he wouldn't know it or i don't know if anybody else would know it but yeah don't worry about it Mal de ojo, um, bad eye, or right? Um, she does all the damage, so don't matter. <laughs> I do the damage myself. 
Because everybody's that's getting offer. to me. That's offer. <laughs> um, but uh, another thing that we spoke on is that you're also trying to learn your culture, your roots. Um, and what, what better way to learn about going to Colombia directly? Um, but um, I know there's a lot of us that are, are maybe grown already and that are trying to learn our culture. Um, how has that been going for you? Uh, I mean, would, and it's great that you're working with other community, other indigenous people in that way, you're like learning hands on. Um, but yeah, let's, let's talk on that. Like, how has that been going for you so far? It's been a little tricky. Um, it's been a journey. I think it's going to be a journey my whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, figuring out who I am, who my ancestors are, um, and you know, trying to connect to that to that side of me. Mm -hmm. um, it's been tricky, pretty much for the reasons of I don't know where to start, I don't know where to look, uh, and a lot of my family history isn't recorded. It's not spoken orally or anything. So, what do I bounce off? You know. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much why I wanted to start advocating and working with indigenous communities because if I can't really reconnect the way that I want to, uh, I can be an ally and advocate for communities that maybe aren't able to the way they want to, mm -hmm. uh, especially advocate them uh, for in the United States, you know, talk about indigenous Colombia in the United States and get the word out of what's happening uh, so yeah, it's been tricky. <laughs> yeah, I I can relate to you because, and I'm sure a lot of you guys can. It's like, you don't know where to start, um, who to ask, and sometimes you know there's different ways about doing it, and you either find somebody like a tribe that's close to it, that's similar, or you find like you just make a friend and you learn off of them. Um, but any, you know. Just like you said, I think no matter how, like, as you get older, I feel like we will always learn something. There's always something to be learned, taught. Um, I think it'll, so don't hold that. I mean, like, I'm going to say this to myself, too. Like, we shouldn't hold that against ourselves. Like, we're never going to learn it all, but we can always learn just a little bit here and a little bit there. You know, you don't have to know it all. Um, and I know. And you don't, don't want to know it all. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. <laughs> no, don't. People will be bugging you. Um, you're right. Mm -hmm. Here, it's like, okay, why don't you speak on natives here? Like, if they don't have, like, a tribe. Uh, like, if I'm they don't. speak for everybody. Not everybody for hates everybody. That word. Everybody hates that word. Okay, not for tribal. everybody. But <laughs> to throw in some relation to this, like, um, natives that are here, if they don't know where they're from or they don't have any family. It's like my DMs every single time. <laughs> Hi, I'm so-and-so and I'm from this area, which is the area, let's say South Carolina, right? And I'm in California. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, how am I supposed to know that? When I'm, you know, California tribes are mainly what I know. And then it's just like, how do I find out? I'm like, first of all, you're like, you're asking me, like, you have to, the, in order to process the steps that you have to take within yourself is, you know, who are you? Who's your bloodline? What's your family like? Okay, and so what tribe are they from? Okay, read your constitution and bylaws per tribe. 
that's on the federal government. Read that. How does enrollment work? Read that. Okay, so now you got to contact the tribal government regarding those enrollment policies and procedures because they have them within. So that's policies, of course. So how does that fall in line? And tribal membership. And it's kind of hard to keep track of it because it's been like a checklist, really, making sure you have all your facts put in place. And then it's up to whomever is in charge. It could be a board. It could be council. It could be family line blood, meaning because different tribes have different families. So it could be a family thing. It could be a general membership thing. Um, so, yeah, you, that's kind of how you figure it out as you go. But like we talked on the last podcast with Brian, like there's a lot of people like that who get taken away from their families at a young age, you know, within um, the foster care system and the churches and all that. And it's not really their fault. <laughs> and then they have to come back and deal with it as they're older. And it's the uphill battle of, you know, never-ending battle, really, of finding out and being accepted, the key mm -hmm. word, within that tribal community. And it's like, you want to throw all that voodoo on me, you know, <laughs> as, your, as your guy? I'm like, ah, okay, let's, let's go, I guess. Well, it's, it's kind of on the person themselves because it's going to be a hard task if nobody knows you or understands where you're coming from. And then there's some people like that within the communities of, of like, not accepting you because, you know. You're not from yeah, there. You're not you didn't grow there. up there. Like, okay, what the hell? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's hard itself. And that's only if they're federally recognized. Can you yeah. find all this out, too? So that's another struggle right there. Um, half and half. Because there's some non-federals that actually have their stuff, but it's, oh, it's non-membership okay. non status. Oh, okay. But they actually have, you know, who's who. Yeah, no, who, yeah, oh. some bylaws within the community. Records, right? Records, yeah. Oh, okay. Within the community. Oh, okay. It's um, complicated. Yeah. And uh, I want to point out, like, if you don't know, but, like, in South Central America, out there, all the tribes, all the ind indigenous people over there, they're, they don't have federally recognized tribes. There, there aren't any bylaws. They don't have, or, right? I mean, they like, correct me if if I'm wrong. Um, I don't know how it is in Colombia. So, uh, in the past recent recent years, so they are recognized by the government, and oh, they okay. a tribal a judge. They have their own tribal courthouse. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I should not have. I take back what I said. Go no, ahead. I mean, that's just recent, you know, in the past maybe 10 years. So, because uh, they've been fighting for this recognition, you know, they've been fighting to have their voices heard. So, yeah, they have their own laws, they have their own uh, bystanders, and all that stuff. So, it's, it's pretty interesting and, and also tricky with that situation. something 
either they go to their indigenous courthouse and they get or get a hearing with their indigenous community or if it's like really something really uh bad or something they get it's like the laws are weird but pretty much they get um they get their own uh laws okay that's cool cool to know and learn did you have um we've pretty much gone through everything i wanted to ask and speak on did you want to throw in anything before oh yeah did you want to speak on anything else what were we gonna ask um i know we talked about the blood quantum okay yeah Mm mm-hmm Right, because we were talking yesterday about, like, do I identify as indigenous? Do I identify as... Uh, or not not indigenous. Like, when does somebody feel Aboriginal? Like <laughs> you know, I don't get that. I don't get why they use Aboriginal. That's because it's, like, land-wise. They're there from the land. It's in the court system, too. But shouldn't you be original? Aboriginal. But what's ab? Ab, you should not. <laughs> I don't know, but go ahead. <laughs> I'll look into that later. Aboriginals more of other continents, especially the other one, like Australia. I know they use it in Australia, but but it's because Ab sounds like it's not from there. Why don't they say original? Oh. Okay, I'm sorry, Laura. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, so we, we talked briefly about it yesterday, um, and it's, it's kind of confusing for somebody who doesn't really know their lineage, like they want to, or has problems accessing that lineage, or that history kind of died off with somebody mm-hmm. in your family. So that's why, and, uh, and we also talked about it, like, do, should I identify as indigenous if I have indigenous blood in me, or should I just identify as Colombiana, you know, because I'm from Colombia. So you said it's a little different here than it is over there. Uh, Oh, yeah. um, I learned that. um, Okay, hold on. Let me just try to, like, (laughs) make it clear. Like, say you're right. But um, I know that there's some people that, like, I would say that I'm indigenous because it's in my blood, even though I don't know it all. Um, I'm learning it, but I still, like, I would say I'm indigenous. Um, and then, um, I learned from you that in Colombia, like, you would be indigenous if you know your traditions, if you, like, wear your traditional outfits, or if you live in the community, right? So, I gave you the example of, I was having a conversation with my boyfriend, um, and I was like, I really just want to get in there and find out who I am and because I have this this like feeling that my ancestors are like you know yeah. come inside and get to know mm-hmm. the next and and I was like I just really want to connect with that side I want to get to know the traditions and be a part of the community and he was like yeah that's everything but you're not indigenous and I was like okay elaborate on that he's like you're not indigenous because you're you haven't grown up with the traditions you haven't grown up in that ethnic community 
having grown up with the native language. So I thought that was interesting because even at, even though I'm Colombiana, I was raised in the United States. So we, we still have different views on a lot of things that, for example, that, you know. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. So that's why I don't identify as indigenous because I don't know anything about my indigenous. I have indigenous blood in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's when we started talking about like blood quantum and and all this other stuff. So, yeah, that's why I say it's really tricky just finding out my my raíces. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of us that struggle with that. And um, like I say, you're you're always gonna learn something as you're growing. Um, yeah, that's, that's like a touchy subject because I know a lot of people have different opinions or views on it and we don't want to offend anybody, but this is how we feel about it or um, how in Colombia they, they identify it or um, view it as. Uh, right. I, think, I think that was pretty interesting that you shared that with me. And um, well, what do you think about the blood quantum? Is that over there? Is, do they use it over there like that? or? I've only heard that term. North America, or mm -hmm. uh, here in South America, uh, I do know that it's kind of like um, I've heard that it's like a colonizer mindset, also like blood quantum. Like you, said. if you have indigenous blood, you're indigenous. But then I've also heard other other people have mixed feelings about it. So I'm just, I just listen all the time. I'm just reading and listening and getting. <laughs> everybody's opinions and like that asking questions when I can how do the uh, small communities like how do the indigenous people there feel about that or do you do they even like speak on stuff like that like honestly I can't even answer that question because I personally don't know uh, oh okay you you haven't yeah. had that conversation with them or it's it doesn't even it hasn't came up or no. They probably don't care about it or really think of, they don't think about those those kind of things. I'm sure they're struggling with a lot more things over there than what the quantum blood is. Or maybe they're very accepting and they're like, yeah, come on over and learn everything. Yeah. Uh, or maybe, maybe, I can't speak for every community because there's, there's over 120 indigenous communities here in Colombia that are small, that are big, that are medium-sized. So I can only, yeah, I can speak on what you've experienced. Yeah, personal experience. Um, but maybe some other communities that are smaller are may, maybe more closed off. Mm. Maybe if they didn't grow up in that community, then it's, uh, it's trickier. Uh, but yeah, I can't really like, talk about it in detail because I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We'll learn, hopefully get an answer, but um, but yeah, um, we've pretty much touched up on everything. Let's go ahead and close it out. Again, if you don't have anything else, anything else to say or add on? What? I love your braids, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> I hadn't done them in a while, and then I was like, oh, I kind of messed up here and there. Thank you. <laughs> um, 
Laura, thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate it. Um, it was very educational. It was nice to learn the traditions from Colombia or some of the traditions, the stories behind your bags, your earrings, um, your bracelets. Um, you guys can check her out. Her, her boutique's name is Ula Su Artisan Boutique. You can check her out uh, on her website, P-U-L-A. S-U-C-O dot com. That's the same for her Instagram, TikTok. Um, do you have anything else? <laughs> or anywhere, you can find her anywhere under Pula Co. Um, please check her out. Uh, let her know you came from the talking stick if you find her from there. But um, yeah, please check out her beautiful handmade. Uh, she supports uh, artisans, small communities, indigenous communities. They uh, They do fair trade pay them even above the market pricing yeah, help them support themselves their families um, while still uh, being creative designing things um, yeah did you want to add on say farewell Laura so thank you for having me on the podcast it's my went way better than I expected um, <laughs> yay Really, oh. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> pressure. Say oh, that again. Mouth. Can you hear me now? Um, yeah. yeah. I was just saying that I felt very comfortable, like you know, talking with you guys. I didn't feel pressured or anything. So, yeah. you know, thank you for giving me this platform to talk on. And uh, yeah, thank you. Guys. Of course, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad we had that chat yet. Chat. <laughs> that chat yesterday that really does help and um again you guys check her out thank you thank you thank you thank you lara for joining us check her out Pulasu, nice meeting you co.com okay. i know they're getting wild i'm gonna go <laughs> play with them or something but um thank you again um and we'll chit chat later bye bye, bye. bye. All right, y'all. Episode 20 down all the way from South America and Colombia. While these guys are getting wild, talking stick discount code 10% off. Make sure to type that in. Get your bucket hats so and you guys know what to do. Have a good day. Bye. Lisa. Say bye. Bye. bye.